0: Love Talk Radio. It's the Speeway Show. An idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speeway. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Speeway Show. Our topic today is 12 Signs he or she is not the one. This is a follow-up to the show that we did a couple of weeks ago entitled Ways to Spot the One. So this is the flip side. Here are the issues that you spot that tell you that the opposite is true. This ain't the one. How do you know when a quirk or idiosyncrasy is enough to knock your beloved out of the running for a permanent commitment with you. First things first, so we're going to go through all these 12 signs, and what I'll tell you is that there isn't a single thing, right? And there are some things that are more important than others. It depends on where you are in your life and what you feel you really need. But what I'm hoping out of this show is that from the research that I have done, And in all of the observations I've made from the lives of others, as well as my own life, that these will give you some ideas. I've been single. I've been married. I am divorced. I've been divorced and dating. I've been divorced and single and not dating and not attached. So I feel like I am quite well qualified to talk about how do you know when he or she is not the one so number one it's hard he's not the one when it's hard she's not the one when it's hard what does that mean you can't seem to find your harmonious stride in the relationship you are not sure you're on the same page emotionally Every time you spend any significant amount of time together, it ends in a fight. If you can't get through a weekend without getting into a fight, you've got a problem. Um, Or perhaps she always seems to be mad about something. There's always something that you have done and or she's, so easily hurt that it always seems like you have to walk on eggshells because every time you turn around, her feelings are hurt or she's angry about something that you no doubt did to her. Either way, it feels like this relationship is difficult. Most of us, let's face it, expect relationships to be difficult. And what we get told is that when we get married, they get even harder. And uh, so one would wonder, well, why would you want to be in a relationship then if it's going to take that much out of you? And my suggestion to you is it may not be the right relationship if you find that it's really hard. Number two, he may not be the one if you have to remind him that you are there. Now, I've had friends who've gone through this in my dating life in the past. I've gone through it where he doesn't call for days, weeks at a time. And the reason you don't know how long it's going to be is because you end up breaking down to call because you don't want to have to find out how long it's really going to be before he picks up the phone and calls you even though maybe he says all the right things about how he loves you and he wants to be with you and he wants to be in a relationship. But yet... It just seems like you are out of sight, out of mind. When celebrations come, when your birthday comes around, you kind of have to remind him. When Valentine's Day comes, maybe he says, well, you know, I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. And uh, he doesn't do a thing. And um, you're just always sort of feeling like you're not quite sure about this guy's feelings for you. That may be a sign that, first of all, he might he might just not be that into you. Uh, and if you haven't seen the movie, I would suggest that you see the movie. It was entertaining as all get out, but there were a lot of truths in it. And that movie, for those of you who are wondering, is, I believe it was called, He's Just Not That Into You. So it could just be that. But if you're having to remind him you're there, that could be another tick in the, uh, this is not the right relationship Checkbox. Sign number three, you are lovers but not friends. So perhaps you started a physical relationship way early, maybe even on the first date, and it was fine because that's what you wanted and that's what he wanted and you're two consenting adults and it was great. But you find that actually you don't have that much to talk about outside of a bedroom now in fairness had you waited instead of getting into a physical relationship at the outset you might have figured this out sooner but you find that actually you don't really like this individual and uh, maybe it is that the physical stuff works and it works quite well and it's, it's lovely and there's lots of cuddling afterwards and all the stuff that you like. And uh, he gets all the stuff that he likes, but you're really not friends. So what does that mean? When we did the show How to Spot the One, one of the things that I said, my definition of a friend is someone who is good to you, now, this guy may be good to you, but not particularly good for you. Or he may be good for you because he's he's got all the great values and he saves money and he's responsible. Maybe he's not that good to you. Or maybe neither one of you is really that excited about the other. And outside of that hot physically intimate relationship, there's just not that much there. Or if you're the guy, you may find that actually she is more interested in her desires and needs than in yours. So there are things that stand in the way of her interest in you, or you find that she's only interested in you at either certain times, like when she is going out to a function and she needs a date and then she's wonderful or maybe she's only interested and focused on you in the bedroom and outside of that there just doesn't seem to be a lot of attention coming your way and there doesn't seem to be a lot of just interest and friendship and good solid relationship building that's going on or perhaps You can, if you're the woman, maybe you can list a number of things that he would ditch you for in a heartbeat. Now, if he would ditch you for March Madness, that's fair, and that's not a big deal. But if he would ditch you for other things, like he'd rather spend a night with the guys all the time than be with you, or he's always with the guys, even when you would rather be alone. Maybe those things might add up in accumulation with others to suggest that, gee, this may not be the right guy for you. Now, I am um, taking calls today, and I believe that I might actually have, well, my caller just disappeared, but I thought I had a caller. If you'd like to call in to the show, you may call in at 877-560-6033. And um, feel free to let me know if you would like to join the conversation. You are more than welcome on the day that I happen to be recording this show. Let's go on to our next sign. So we just talked about... uh, You find that you're lovers, but you're not friends. Uh, Another way is maybe you feel like you're just not sure if she would have your back when the chips are down. Sometimes you can kind of tell. You know when somebody's going to be there. You know when somebody's not going to be there. And if your sense is, you know, I really don't think this person would be there if I really needed them, if I got hit by a car tomorrow and I was in a wheelchair, Would this person stick around? I'm not sure that they would. And if your sense is, hmm, I don't think that she would, maybe that is an indication that this is not the one. And on to, just like we find that we are lovers but not friends, another way that you can tell is sign number four. You have nothing to talk about besides the party, the booze, and other people. In other words, You kind of have nothing in common. You don't have similar interests. You don't really care what he does for a living, perhaps beyond what it can provide for you. Uh, Perhaps you've been dating for a while, but you still have no friends in common. And you're just not that into whatever he's into. He's got hobbies. You've got hobbies and you don't so much care for picking up his hobbies. You don't want to learn the game of football. You don't want to learn basketball. You're not interested in tarts. You don't want to go riding on his Harley. None of those might be a big deal, but it may add up if, in fact, you find that the two of you together don't really have anything in common except the very superficial stuff. Number five. He is not the one if you cannot agree on the fundamentals. Okay, this is a big one. What kinds of fundamentals? I'll give you some examples. Here's a big one. You disagree on religion. Now, religion, this is really important. If your interests aren't similar, you're going to have problems, especially if one of you is pretty serious about your spiritual walk and the other one isn't. Now, as you may know, my life manual happens to be the Bible. And in it is a passage which says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what has light with darkness? Uh, No, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Now, I have to confess. There was a time I thought, well, this seems rather harsh. This seems kind of judgmental. Aren't we all supposed to love one another? And aren't we all neighbors after all? So if we love each other, what's the big deal, right? But I have to confess, over the course of my adult life as I have dated, it has turned out to be a really big deal. I'll give you examples from my own life. Um... The fact that I was following or trying to follow this life manual meant that I had a sensitivity to certain things. Like, for example, if a guy's um, normal vocabulary consisted of a lot of foul language, I would wince every time he said something. And I concluded In fact, it was Zig Ziglar who said, my favorite motivational speaker, who said that uh, somewhere in the Bible it says, don't curse at the deaf man, and he used to think, well, why not? He can't hear it. And the reason was because it desensitizes you, the person who's cursing, to other people. And so all that to say, I'm thinking, well, you know, that makes a lot of sense to me. And trying to explain that kind of logic. To somebody who doesn't follow a life manual and somebody who's not on a path to try and be, you know, be ye perfect, said the Lord, right? Uh, So if you're not trying to be ye perfect and you think you're perfect just the way you are, then that kind of logic, quite frankly, doesn't really make a lot of sense. I'll give you another example. Because I was trying to follow this life manual, it meant that I took certain approaches to life just because. I was trying to follow my life manual in ways that perhaps the guy I was dating might not be. For example, I want to be married. I don't want to cohabitate because God's best is marriage. Try and explain that logic to someone who doesn't believe in God. Another example, I had a desire to become celibate because I believed all that stuff that followers of God say when they talk about fundamental spiritual as well as the emotional and physical disadvantages to premarital sex. Again, if a guy is of the opinion that, hey, this is 2000 and whatever, everybody's doing it, what's the issue? It's really hard to explain a life manual that somebody else does not believe in and does not follow. There are many things that... Frankly, I didn't want to even try to explain. And, of course, part of the issue also was that I wasn't even good at the stuff I was trying to accomplish. I don't even claim to be good at it now. So what I was looking for wasn't just someone who was going to tolerate my pursuit of the values of my life manual. I needed some encouragement and I needed some help. And so it wasn't going to be enough to just have somebody who would stand aside and let me go at it. And that turned into a really big reason. Those are some of the big reasons that I learned that I actually really kind of needed someone who was somewhere close to the same page. Now, personally, I found I could walk with uh, people from different religious faiths in harmony and, and practices. So I was good with the meditators. I was good with the catholics who you know who have if you've ever been to a catholic service you know there's there's kneeling there's standing there's sitting in ways that you don't necessarily find in a protestant church but you know not everybody is okay with people who have different life manuals or who have different ways of worshiping so if that's a big deal to you if your family's Catholic, everybody in your house is Catholic, you feel like you have to be Catholic, and you have to marry a Catholic partner, then you stick to that because religion is going to be a very divisive issue if you don't get that right. Back to disagreement on the fundamentals. This is going to sound corny, but if you cannot agree on something as simple as where to live, it suggests that location might be more important to one or both of you than being together. If that's true, there will be other things that are going to stand in the way of your marital bliss should you decide to tie the knot. If you can't agree on kids, this is number six. Let's suppose you can't even agree on whether to have kids. Let's suppose you cannot agree on how many. She wants two kids, he wants five. That might be Addressed once you have the first one, and both of you might decide one is enough. But if that's an issue, make sure you have some way of negotiating if at the end of two kids, she still wants two kids and he still wants five. Let's say you have different values on how to raise kids. Is that a complete deal breaker? No, but it's probably going to create issues in your household with your children as well. So if you don't agree on different values, you may also not agree on how to discipline. That means that you can be divided and conquered. Over time, this is going to be an issue, especially if you happen to be trying to put a blended family together. If you don't agree that both of you are parents, let's say one parent is coming into the relationship uh, with children, and that parent's view is this is my child and you don't tell me how to discipline my child, you will have problems. And that child will figure out pretty soon that the parent who doesn't have the authority doesn't have it, and there will be all kinds of heck to pay in that kind of family dynamic. It's going to be a problem. So over time, the thing to remember is that the things that you don't agree on get worse and they get more pronounced. And they will not get better without a lot of effort on both sides and a lot of communication and negotiation and somebody's going to have to change. So the fewer deep symptomatic problems you have, the better. This takes us to number seven. She's not the one when your love for her always includes a measure of fear or pain. You worry about where she is and who she's with. And what she's doing. That sixth sense that gives you cause to pause may be absolutely correct. Let's suppose this takes us to number eight. He is secretive. Secretive about aspects of his life that you know he shouldn't be hiding. Let's suppose you walk into the room. He hangs up. He sneaks off. Or he asks you to be quiet when you come around and he's on the phone. Let's suppose sometimes he disappears from long periods of life and long periods of time, and you have no way to reach him. And then he just shows up without explanation, without transparency, even to the most reasonable of questions and he is just a secret walking cabinet, and then he tells you things like, "Well, you know, my private life's my private life, and I just don't want people getting into my business you know classic, classic, classic telltale signs that something is a myth. Let us suppose that you figure out that every date must be accompanied by a lavish dinner, a gift, or shopping, that's number eight, unless you're looking for a gold digger, this might be a problem, and if you're trying to figure out how to spot a gold digger, uh, you can watch the show that uh, I did, in fact, it's a video show, that is on the dot women are gold diggers and men just need to run, all about the gold diggers on that one, so we won't spend too much time on this one. This takes us now to our next one. I think I've lost count a bit. I think this is number, I want to say this is number 10. He flips out if you leave any item of clothing or jewelry at his place. The question you have to ask is why? And the most, sometimes the simplest reason can be the one that's correct. Maybe it's because he's got multiple women traipsing in and out of his home, and he doesn't want you to know, just like he doesn't want them to know. So what he really wants to do is maintain the most neutral guide pad possible. And so what he'll do is he will tell you, hey, you're not moving in here, and he will have a sensitivity around you know, either you trying to move in or some weird paranoia that's not even close to reality. That can sometimes be a smokescreen for the fact that what he's really trying to hide is all the women who are coming in and leaving and who would otherwise leave things like earrings, underwear, pieces of clothing, whatever. But that is potentially a sign that this ain't the one because you are certainly not the only one number 11 i think i'm on 11 now you have never met his family or his friends despite the fact that you've been dating a while and despite the fact that all kinds of opportunities have presented themselves so let's suppose that uh, he likes to go out with his buddies on you know pick a night right saturday night And off he goes with his buddies, but whenever he goes with his buddies, it's always just with his buddies, even though you know that some of those buddies have significant others that come along to these outings. But you've never met him. That's a problem. He may not be the one. And let's say you've been together for, you know, a year or two, and you still haven't met his family, not a single person in his family, as a matter of fact. Uh, you notice that you are always out by yourself. He's never introduced you. He's never tried to introduce you. And he hustles you in and out of his place so the neighbors don't see you. And the only times you are in public is around people who don't know either of you. Hey, let's go to the fair. Hey, let's go to the movies. You know, places that are, you know, sure, out in public, but somehow, you never actually get to see anybody that he knows. That might be a sign. Or, let's suppose, every time his friends call, he asks you to be quiet and he never mentions your name. And you get convinced that actually, his friends have probably never even heard of you and probably don't even know you exist. These might be signs that you are not the one. Does he have another one? Who knows? But, It could simply be that it ain't you. And therefore, this is not him. This is not that relationship. This is not the one. Number uh, 12. She has substantial negative habits or traits that you just can't tolerate. I'm not talking about she has a bit of a nervous laugh, or she has an annoying sneeze, I'm talking about alcohol, drugs, codependency issues, physical abuse, emotional abuse. I'm talking about the big, big things. These are negative habits that you just cannot tolerate. If it's alcohol, for example, or drug abuse, the only, I've I've, I have not had a lot of encounters with alcohol or drug addicts, but I do know outside of I did criminal law for five years, the first five years of my career. So I had some exposure there. But what I can tell you is that these are addictions from everything that I know, and an addiction is not something that love is going to cure This is not something that you can fix in your partner. This is something that your partner has to decide to fix for themselves. And even then, it's really, really hard. That's why they're called addictions. And there is a lot of recidivism in the world of addiction. And so that might be a sign that this person, as much as you love them, maybe they're not the one because you cannot build a life with someone who is going to be addicted. Codependency issues. This can be cured, but if you find that you can't breathe, you can't have a moment to yourself every single time. If two days go by without a phone call, he is banging down your door. Where are you at? What are you doing? I have not heard from you. And it just kind of feels like you have to report it. This might be a problem. Physical abuse, that's kind of a, it should be an obvious one, but I am stunned at how many people get married anyway, even though the physical abuse starts earlier on. I had a uh, colleague once whose fiancé broke her nose during their engagement. She married him anyway. Twenty-seven years later, he was still beating on her, and it had gotten worse. And uh, those kinds of things often don't get better. Emotional abuse, a little bit harder because it's difficult to know when you are being emotionally abused. But again, that is another one where you might want to run sooner or later. And as I said, there isn't just one thing that will give you the answer. But what you will find is that there are multiple clues that start to create A picture. The challenge is understanding and accepting the science and doing something about it. And that actually brings us pretty darn close to the end of our show today. Now, part of what you might be wondering is, well, what if I'm already married to my not-the-one? And the answer is, well, you know, you may maybe you thought he or she was the one when you got married, but oftentimes the truth is people don't change that much. And part of the goal of this show is to help you figure out when to do something about it if you find that this is not the one. Don't get married anyway. And if you are married, then you're going to have to resort to all those things to try and cure it, like counseling, like talking, like um, getting external professional help and really working at changing the things that You need to change in order to make this relationship a success. So that is everything that I have to share with you, those 12 signs that he or she is not the one. We've gone through all 12. Tune in next week. Um, In fact, you know what? We're going to do a show later on called uh, on, On When It's Time to Run. So now that we know that this is not the one, how do we know when it's time to run? We're going to talk about that. But in the meantime, tune in on May the 27th for our, other, our next uh, installation in the Dream Series with Barbara Hoffmeister. And until then, this is Speedway saying go in peace and pay attention to those things. Six- Thank you for joining us on the Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.